0: Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to the Handle Your Scandal podcast. I'm your host, Mara Watkins, and today we have a super cool guest, my friend Sebastian. He is a UNLV journalism graduate, first-year law student, or 1L for those of you who are familiar with the terminology, a Little League coach, and a contributing writer in gaming today. Hi, Sebastian.
1: Mara, I appreciate you having me. How are you doing today?
0: I'm good, no complaints over here. Just um, working on the podcast. <laughs> so, there we go. tell the people a little bit more about yourself. You know, I gave that brief intro, intro, excuse me, introduction, but I'm sure you have way more to say. So, just tell us a little bit about you.
1: Um, I don't know if I have way more to say. I think uh, I think you gave me a gracious little introduction right there. But what I what I will say is, I am born and raised in Las Vegas and you touched up a little bit on on, uh, just me being a law student and one of the main uh, motivation points for me to go into law was to find ways that i could help my hometown so that's something that i'm definitely proud about and uh, definitely something i'd want to share at, at any chance given
0: all right thank you for that we love a local same here i definitely wasn't born here but i lived here since i was six so i'm vegas raised so All right, yeah we gonna give you a pass.
1: We, we, we <laughs> give you pass
0: thank you i appreciate it no i mean it's always awkward because um when people ask me where i'm from i'll tell them like oh i'm from vegas and then i will mention that i have family in ohio so, and, and they're like oh so you're from ohio and i'm like listen if you dropped me off in the middle of the street in ohio I could not tell you how to get where we need to go. But if you drop me on most any Vegas street, I could definitely find my way home. So I say I'm going to drive home with
1: your eyes closed.
0: I don't know my eyes closed, but (laughs) I definitely could find my way. Ohio, not so much. So, yeah. What have you been up to lately, though? I mean, I know we're on. uh, Well, currently, as we're recording this, we're on spring break. But by the time people hear it, we will have been back. But what are you up to?
1: Man, I've really uh, I've really tried to take advantage of this downtime to kind of just slow down and get things done at my pace. Um, One of the things I'm learning about myself in law school is as soon as my day starts, I'm just, you know, I'm just off to the races and I don't take enough time to really um, do things at my pace. One, because you just don't have the time. You have to do things at a pretty uh, at a pretty hectic pace
0: yeah definitely y'all listen Sebastian he'll be at the gym at like 6 30 in the morning (laughs) and I've been trying to be one of those people you know it, it I was doing well before this whole thing but it's whatever um but yeah he'll be at the gym until like 6 30 in the morning and then he'll still be at school hella late and I'm just like oh my goodness but that is definitely the law school life you're at campus for like ever every day so how are you taking advantage of that downtime? Exactly. What does that look like for you?
1: And I mean, and it's, it, it's not and to just go back a step. It's not an issue, you know, waking up at like, you know, in the five o'clock hour and, you know, going to bed somewhere around 10 11 o'clock. That's not an issue. Like if, if you're, if, you know, if you do this, um, that's just kind of what you're signing up for. And I mean, you know, you don't really blink twice at it, but when you're not, at least for me, I will speak for myself when I'm not under that same guideline, you know, I I do want to take advantage by just slowing my morning down. Cause usually I'll wake up and, you know, I'm right out the door and, you know, like I said, you know, I'm really getting to it, but now, you know, it's nice to just wake up and stretch and, you know, maybe cook some breakfast as opposed to just you know, grabbing like a nutrition bar and running out the door. So just trying to, trying to do little things like that for myself. And, you know, since we're, since we're talking about cooking, uh, you know, just making a nice lunch or making a nice dinner and actually having the time to do that as opposed to just taking advantage of, of the meal prep that I set up for myself earlier in the week. So that, that's something I, I really enjoy. And, you know, as I'm cooking, you know, I'll throw in a nice little podcast Or, you know, just catch up on some music that I've really been listening to. So I would say that has definitely added um, just more richness in the day.
0: No, yeah, I definitely agree just because I do meal prep during the semester as well. Being able to like cook breakfast, I'm personally more of a breakfast person. I just have always loved breakfast, brunch, those type of foods. And like the fact that I feel like when you meal prep breakfast, it's not as like good as like, oh, fresh cooked scrambled or you know what i'm saying like it's just so different when you like like i can meal prep lunch and dinner it'll be the same kind of sort of but like breakfast is just in my opinion way better like fresh so what do you cook
1: um this week i've been making some pasta and i know that's nothing extravagant but you know um
0: don't play pasta we love a good pasta
1: so here's the thing about pasta here's the credit i'm gonna give pasta pasta <laughs> pasta is like an art if you want to if you want to perceive it that way i mean Every noodle has a purpose. Every, every sauce has a purpose. I mean, you just can't mix any noodle with any sauce and expect it, you know, to be right. You know, so definitely not. Yeah, there's some vibes that go with the pasta now. You got to respect it
0: yeah so i agree with that 100 percent. fun fact about me um on my mom's side we're part italian so i do not play about okay. the pasta at all we love a good pasta so
1: okay so so i mean with that being the case i'm going to tell you what i did then um I'm listening. i went ahead i went ahead i peeled some shrimp and i let it simmer in this garlic butter sauce and to me it came out pretty bomb if i do say so myself <laughs> <laughs>
0: that sounds amazing now i want shrimp but
1: okay but okay but what you've been making
0: me um what have i been making so i'm a breakfast person so my breakfast it just depends on the day um currently i'm obsessed with like okay so it's like scrambled eggs and sausage but you add salsa in there and then trader joe's they have this everything but elote seasoning so it's like all the stuff that you get on the elote okay fire listen i'm obsessed with that breakfast right now Mm, i'm also i really like i don't know how to i don't i should be more familiar with the terminology but like when you make eggs and the yolk kind of runs a little bit so i've been making eggs like that with like toast and then don't freak out but it's like sriracha and syrup so it's like that savory sweet bomb so good i ain't
1: freaking out i ain't freaking out and i'm definitely keeping an open mind
0: yeah, no, I love, I love a good savory sweet. So that's what I've been making. And then dinner, I've just been, you know, chicken, veggie, same thing. Like, I'm not as creative when it comes to dinners. And also, it was really hard getting food the when I went grocery shopping. So maybe now that things have died down a little bit, I'll be experimenting some more, but I was getting whatever was still left by the time we got there that day. So.
1: Exactly. I was about to say, you're talking about the Trader Joe's seasoning, you know, your your options have been limited at Trader Joe's. I mean, they got the best frozen, so everybody's cleaning out Trader Joe's Listen,
0: frozen. I had never seen anything like it. I went with my friend the other day, and the entire freezer section was bare, Man. like ice. I've never seen that before, so... That was crazy. And, um,
1: yeah, I mean, it, it broke my heart because I'm a fan of uh, the mini tacos they got. You get the mini tacos, you dip it in the ranch, and uh, you're having yourself a little party right there. <laughs> but, uh, you know, well, and, but one thing that, uh, that you said that I want to highlight for its importance is you're maintaining your intake of nutrients through vegetables. And that's something that can easily get overlooked day in, day out in our diets. And... Um, Yeah, I commend you for, you know, keeping that a part of your diet.
0: Oh, no, I love a good vegetable I'm actually one of the people kind of get weirded out by me because I personally like vegetables more than I like fruit Like I've never been a big fruit person because I have a lot of oral allergies. So a lot of fruit Mm -hmm. like makes my throat itch So like I'll like I feel like when you freeze it and blend it in the smoothie that like changes the properties of it So that it doesn't make my throat itch, but that's mainly how I have fruit is through blended smoothies um I'm not really a big fruit person, so I've always loved vegetables. Like ever yeah, yeah. since I was a kid, my mom never had to force me to eat my peas. Like I mm. I loved peas. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Yes, more peas.
1: Yeah, no, I don't think that's weird at all. I don't think that's weird at all. And um you bring up an interesting thing about um about fruits. Like I'll get that sometimes when I eat pineapples or even avocado. So yeah, no, liking veggies is not weird at all over fruits.
0: That makes me feel better because people definitely look yeah. at me crazy when I say that. No. Now you're saying now that we spent all this time talking about groceries. (laughs) Well, one, I'm super hungry, but I'll eat after this. So let's get back to being a Vegas local. Um, I had this talk on a previous episode with my friend Alpha. How do you feel that, you know, growing up in Vegas? How did that shape you as a person?
1: Well, I think that's a good question. And, you know, if we're taking a look at just um, just within the the, the framing of, of time just you know taking timing into account this is before social media this is before you had access to different ways of life and different walks of life. So I would say growing up here I think one of the most um, notable things is just how exposed children were to an adult lifestyle you know I mean there, there's no way you could escape it you know if, if you're driving you're gonna see something suggestive, or even provocative maybe on a billboard and that's going to force you to think about you know what that is if you are an observant child which you know many of us are uh, or were you know you you're you're going to have questions you're going to ask the person driving the car you know what's that all about and so i think from that perspective a lot of us were forced to to learn through these adult themes and suggestions and you know that that adds maturity in a sense so I would say that that's one of the biggest takeaways i've had as a child in terms of the differences of growing up here as opposed to anywhere else but now now i mean you can be in you know cornfield country and still get exposure to the things that you could really only get in las vegas so things have changed for sure
0: i have never considered that that is so true though now that you mention it i remember being super young and you remember um there used to be this advertisement and it was like all the butts, and it was like you know I'm ta- you know what advertisement I'm oh. talking about, right?
1: Oh, do I remember? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and I remember like every time that would pass by, my mom would be like, "Turn your eyes and like tell me not to look at it," you know. And mom, I just what you
1: mean, <laughs> mama. My-
0: I never even considered that. Like when people ask me how I feel about growing up in Vegas, I'm just always like, I feel that i've always been around so many different types of people growing up here because vegas is kind of a city where everybody comes like you know what i'm saying like everyone comes here and you know it's a cheaper cost of living so people come here and you have different ethnicities different nationalities so i feel like that's always what i thought about but definitely i could see that when i was a child being exposed to things that children maybe shouldn't have been exposed to or at least in the generation like our parents generation well i'm not going to speak for your parents but my parents there's very much like not that much talking going on like they would never explain to me like you know i'm saying you would see the billboard it's like just look away not like oh these are you know i'm saying at least that's how it was with my family i'm not going to speak for anyone else so i feel like growing up there was definitely a lot of confusion around that and maybe just being like okay well i just know i'm not allowed to look at it so maybe that's bad and then having and so, to, like, get over that, if that makes sense.
1: Right. And and I think um, just to compliment that, I think what you bring up is important as well. We talk about just the, you know, the, the amount of different cultures that we have in the city. Even if you escaped it or if your parents were more conservative in that aspect when it, you know, came to, you know, talking with you, you probably had a friend from a different background who had parents who didn't think like that or... Who had parents that you know were working in the industry, and you know they had to kind of raise themselves, and because of that, you were probably exposed to that subject matter through them, or you could have been exposed, um, to that subject matter through them. So I think uh, the the different walks of life and the amount of diversity we have is definitely definitely one of the strengths, um, about our city for sure.
0: I totally agree. So you you said you lived here your whole life, so you went to UNLV. Um, as I yeah. mentioned earlier, did you have any minors?
1: No, but um, as, as some people might not be aware, you do have to have an outside concentration, even if you don't have a minor. And so for my outside concentration, an outside concentration has to be outside of your major. So my concentration was African-American studies, but I did not take the minimum requirement to get a minor. Um, so I just have a major.
0: Oh, wow. I didn't know that, actually. That's really cool. I Here's the thing. I was super indecisive as an undergrad, so I wanted all these different majors, and I or minors, and I took a bunch of different classes. I took a lot of Africana Studies at San Diego State. I just never took, like, I think there was, like, one or two, um, I can't think of the word, but, like, big lecture-type things, or small lecture-type mm-hmm. things that you had to take in order to actually have the minor, and I never did that, so on the same boat as you with that so what made you decide to pursue journalism
1: i mean a a lot of factors growing up i'm I'm a huge sports fan sports you know without sports i wouldn't be the man i am today i don't know where i'd be without sports in my life so with tate with just being so enamored with athletics early on i would watch a lot of sports center and I remember my mom at the at the time growing up. I would say like around six or seven. She would have to leave early in the morning to go to to go to work. So I'd wake up with her, get ready, you know, eat breakfast. She'd cook and whatnot. And I would say from six o'clock in the morning up and through up until like I left for school, I would constantly watch uh, Sports Center. So I'd watch three run up until like the nine o'clock um, live edition, right when I had to get ready for school. So. I would say that that was definitely an influence and I just grew up watching that a lot. And as I grew older, I, uh, you know, my interests kind of sprouted away from sports or I still, you know, I still have those interests, but I would say, I just gained more diversity in my interest. And I would say what really pushed me is watching the coverage of uh, Trayvon Martin and the trial with uh, with Zimmerman and just seeing the power that journalists had to, to shed light on communities that, you know, were probably deficient in the, the, uh, the attention that they were receiving, you know, I thought that was a really powerful gesture. And, you know, and, you know, I thought like, if I could be somebody who could, you know, figuratively give a voice for the voiceless, that's something that, uh, that I'd want to do. And so that, uh, that pushed me in the direction of journalism.
0: That is very profound, I will say, Um, just that entire from like childhood to switching like childhood interests of sports leading to, you know, kind of being familiar with journalism and then taking that and using that as motivation for giving a voice to the voiceless. It's so interesting that you say that, because when people ask me why I'm like, why I've always wanted to be a lawyer, I've wanted to be a lawyer since I was 13. People always ask me, like, why I decided to go to law school because, you know, I majored in criminal justice, but you can do a lot of stuff with that. Why I still decided to go to law school actually was because of the Trayvon Martin case. I remember being an undergrad and um, that decision came out and I felt really hopeless, but I also felt like I can give a voice to the voices like people don't consider that sometimes, people don't have the knowledge or the verbiage to communicate their demands and demand better for themselves. And I think that as someone who's always um, valued academia and stuff like that, having the opportunity to use my privilege as being a college grad and now a law student, eventually a law graduate, to give that voice to people who sometimes feel unheard is very important to me as well. So that's actually really, I really liked that.
1: <laughs> and so, and, and, be, and because of those reasons that you just shared, those are going to be the, you know, some of the, the many proponents that are going to turn you into a great attorney, into a great businesswoman, into a great professional. So never lose sight of that and just keep that fire. And you, you're going to do, you're going to do amazing things. You're going to continue to do amazing things.
0: I appreciate that. You as well. So you when did you graduate from UNLV if you don't mind me asking?
1: This past uh this last year, so last spring.
0: Okay, class of twenty nineteen. So yeah. you were in undergrad for journalism at a really interesting time, right? I mean everyone's I always so. everyone's always talking about like even now as we're witnessing all of this play out with um Miss Rona People are always talking about, you know, don't trust the media, fake news, fake news. That's been very big for the last um, three years or so, if you know what I'm talking about. How was that?
1: So let's, uh, let, let's start by addressing the fake news, just, you know, the, the fake news train of thought. I, I, I think one of, my, one of my biggest principles when it comes to news judgment is just being a critical analyzer, just thinking for yourself critically. And if you're going to use the lazy rhetoric of fake news, you know, know, it's quite frankly, it's, you know, as I alluded to, it's lazy. Um, Some news comes from credible sources. Some quote unquote news does not come from credible sources and which gives validity to the idea of, you know, screaming fake news. At the end of the day, as a consumer. I think, you know, it's your duty to do your due diligence and see what sources are legit, see what sources are just mere opinion, and trying to decipher what can you use that's actually credible to help shape your thinking. And, you know, I I can go way more in depth about this, but I mean, at the end of the day, you know, are, are you taking it upon yourself to find out to see if the information that you're consuming is true? Like I said, I can go all day. I can go all day with it.
0: No, I definitely agree. Maybe now that we have all this downtime, you should start a podcast.
1: <laughs> Man, you know what? You know what? The way uh, the way my twenty four hours are set up.
0: No, I feel it. It's definitely um, I don't want to say it's more of a commitment than I thought about, but it definitely is more than I thought so, about.
1: <laughs> so okay, so let me let me ask you this because I'm uh, in terms of in terms of my news outlets. Um, I, I like to rely on, like, ProPublica. I think the New York Times does great reporting. I think the Washington, the, the Washington Post has some great reporters who, who deliver sound work. Um, I like the undefeated. I think there's great sports journalism from that platform. But I try to challenge myself as, as, um, as tough as this is for me to, to do. Sometimes I'll try to watch Fox News for like five minute, five minute increments, because that's all I can really, you know, handle at a time. But like I'll, I'll try I'll try to get that opposing opinion, that opposing perspective, just to kind of sharpen my judgments more. But like what what are what are some trusted sources that you like to rely on?
0: I'm gonna keep it real with you.
1: <laughs> yep,
0: I don't really like to engage in the news, if that makes sense. What I kind okay. of how I navigate. Finding out news, I'm always on Twitter. I see something on Twitter, and then I, once I see something, I'm like, no. First of all, you have to read whatever it is that people tweet. People always react off of headlines, and I just don't think that's responsible because headlines are meant to cause reaction, right? Like most of the time. So I like to first click whatever it is, see if it's being reported anywhere else. I try to go for as non-leaning anywhere as possible. I can't think of any websites off the top of my head. You just know them when you see them. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. you can read it and be like, is this trying to lead me one way or lead me another way? As opposed to objective reporting. So now that you gave people some sources, maybe I'll use those because I trust your judgment. But no, I don't really... I try... I feel like this sounds so bad, but I try not to engage in the news too much just because i'm one of those people i spent a lot of time when i was an undergrad um in activism and just being Mm -hmm. mad all the time feeling like that activism burnout that hopelessness you know what i'm saying so i kind of try to protect my peace in that regard when it comes to engaging in the news so yeah maybe i should be better about that maybe one day i will but as of right now in law school i need to do whatever it is i can to protect my peace
1: Oh, yeah, it's a survival game, you know, one day at a time, but uh, one one guy who's really just getting a lot of traction lately, but um, he's done some amazing work over the past three, four years is a guy by the name of uh, Daniel Dale. And right now he's working with CNN. But um, what he is, he's a fact uh, checker um, for the president. So he's he literally his job is to take every statement the president makes each day to check it for its validity. And, you know, with that being the case, you know, the man is definitely being overworked right now. But um, he's doing <laughs> he's doing some of the best, you know, truth and invest, investigation journalism in, in, in the industry right now. So I think that's super interesting. But, yeah, no, you talk about you talk about uh, burnout and just, you know, your your activist roots and, you know, just the passion that's in your heart. Um, you know, it can be it can be really tough. You know, sometimes it feels like the truth is an uphill battle. Cause quite often it is, um, Man. but you know, but, but figuring out what you can do to, to maintain your energy is important. And you having that self-awareness to know like, okay, you know, there, there's some battles that I might not want to pick is, uh, is, is, is great.
0: Yeah. That was actually a big key from not episode eight, but episode six, um, with my sister, My story sister Mercedes, we were talking Mm -hmm. about how important it is to pick and choose your battles. Like, I cannot fight for everything all the time because then that leaves me with less energy to fight for the things that, in my opinion, I value and that I think truly matter. So that's super important. But no, I appreciate you saying all of these sources. I hope y'all were listening to that. Um, Maybe I'll put it in the show notes. It depends on how I feel after editing. (laughs) But y'all make sure to take notes. And also remember, yes, check credibility. I do think that fake news is lazy rhetoric and also it's very important as consumers to do your own work in that regard. We can't assume that everyone's going to just give us the straight objective facts of what something is. In this society, we all have our own biases, so that's very important. I'm glad you touched on that. Oh yeah, of course, of course.
1: But let me uh, let me let me ask you this. We're talking about we're talking about things that we're passionate about, we're talking about things that, that, um, that set a fire under us. What are some ways that you feel like you can give back to some of those passions now? And with that being said, you know, being a law student is it's, it can be arduous at times. There's a lot of work that goes into it, but do you think you found a lane or do you think there's a lane that you're comfortable in to where you can, uh, you know, to where you can inspire others and help others and, I already know. I already know there's a ton of ways that you're doing that. But, you know, what would you how would you classify that right now?
0: Um, I think the best way that I've been able to do that is through um, Bolsa or the Black Law Students Association. We okay. pick different things that we feel are important to us as a law school community, but also as the black law school community. You know what I'm saying? You know, there's not that many of us. Um, And we all, well, at least everyone I've interacted with that's black at our school, we all kind of had this similar passion for, you know, what we're talking about, giving a voice to the voiceless. Um, I know that when we had um, Uncle Bobby at school, that was very important. I feel like I wish that more students would have taken advantage of that opportunity because I definitely feel like he dropped a lot of gems, as did his wife, whose name Mm. is escaping me right now. I'm so sorry um call her auntie Auntie X
1: <laughs> yeah we said so, yeah we said so gonna give her a shout out auntie X
0: yeah auntie X they were both you know very inspiring and I feel like doing events like that um even getting more involved with Bolsa at a regional level is kind of what I'm doing to maybe not directly help the community I would say I do feel like I've definitely chilled on my activism and all of that in the last two years just because like I said I'm trying to just make sure like I can't Help the communities I want to help if I can't even graduate because I burn out. You know what I'm saying? Like, bingo. It's a big picture thing for me. And it's like, yes, right now, maybe I sometimes i do have guilt about that like you know i used to be super in the streets protesting but it's like that was very draining for me and i feel like if i burn myself out before i walk across the stage then what good am i to myself what good am i to the communities i claim i want to help so right now my activism and all of that i do what i can if i hear of something that's a good cause i'll share it on my platform um i'll encourage people to go if they have time unfortunately my schedule kind of is all over the place well It was prior to being locked in the house so that's kind of where i'm at with that but i appreciate you asking me that question um i do think that it's important for people to have the self-awareness to know like you can't do everything right Mm -hmm. so you have to have the self-awareness to know like okay maybe now i'm not protesting i'm not out in the streets but once i have this jd once i pass the bar i will be a greater asset to people who i want to help than me protesting in the streets if that makes sense
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, how are you going to be? How are you going to be a gas station and fill people up so they can be fueled up to get to their dreams and you don't have gas yourself? So, exactly, know, you you got to take care of yourself. Right,
0: exactly. Okay, so we spent a lot of time talking about why I decided to go to law school. Why did you decide to go to law school? Is it kind of that same passion you had for journalism for giving a voice to the voiceless that led you to law school? Or what did that look like for you?
1: Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of that. It was a lot of that fuel um, about, you know, providing a voice that that helped push me in this direction, you know, without a doubt. And I think the the sobering lesson for me came, you know, in media, I was I was working at a local TV station here. And I, you know, I was going to be on the front lines to push, you know, human interest stories about, you know, marginalized communities, you know, I'm always I'm always going to stand up for that. And quite often those are the stories that get neglected because those are the stories that aren't going to get you ratings. Uh, what's gonna get you a rating though is you know a story about <laughs> I mean I love I love dogs. I love you know, I'm I'm a dog person, but you know, stories about dogs that adoption shelters are, are gonna get the priority over, over humans. Hmm, and
0: hmm. You Ooh, know, at,
1: at the end of the day, you know, at the end of the day, the news business is a business. And what's good for business is what's going to be, you know, the stories that that are, that are ran. And quite, quite frankly, that's, that was disheartening for me. And I believe that I'm going to have a better chance of impacting society for the better through the legal realm, as opposed to running stories about things that don't necessarily pertain to humans in need.
0: Did y'all hear that? Okay, there was a lot to unpack there. So I I love that so much. So what he's saying is that in journalism, sometimes it's just a business like any other business. Y'all know what's up. They're going to do what they can do to get their ratings. They need their ratings right to have all of that. So he decided he would be better suited in law school. And I definitely agree. I feel like you, even when I first met you, funny story, y'all i met sebastian because i was coming home from school and i was like you know i think i did i have on a unlv law shirt i feel like there was a reason you asked me like i had to be wearing like a unlv law shirt
1: you had you had this shirt you had all the books
0: <laughs> yeah was ret- the rolly ret- backpack <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so he saw me and he was just asking me about law school and telling me about how he was um in the process of uh going to boyd and I just knew when I met him, I was like, oh, no, he's going to be a great asset to the legal community. Just the way he carries himself, the way he speaks. I feel like having that journalism major definitely makes you a good communicator, if that makes sense. Would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, and I appreciate all of your words right now.
0: Yeah, so I feel like you having that journalism major, do you? would you say that it gave you... Gives you an advantage of sorts. Do you feel like that? I mean, I'm not trying to say like judge your counterparts or your um, colleagues or anything, but how do you feel that just personally having that journalism major has helped you in your law school journey? Because something I wish I had done was majored in communication or maybe double majored or something, because I feel like it's something you don't really think about, but it definitely helps.
1: For sure. Now, and what I will say in terms of, you know, my colleagues who did you know, who, who had a, who had another major or another concentration is there's going to be benefits that, that each line of study has that others may not. So we're, we're all, we're all benefited in one way or another, just by pursuing that undergrad education. In terms of journalism, you have to meet deadlines. You have to, you have to be a clear communicator, whether it's orally or, or you write your words down, you have to be clear. You have to be concise. Those are definitely skills I've learned. You can't be Afraid to speak to people, and you know if you're going to be a litigator, that's something that will definitely benefit you. Um, timing, timing's important. Uh, when I was working at when I was working at the TV station, and I'm producing shows, and I have to make sure the shows 27 minutes long or 24 minutes long, in conjunction with like the commercials, and you know I'm balancing all these different things, multitasking. Those those are skills that are definitely applicable to the legal field, in my opinion. So, um, it's made me confident. It's made me. It's given me the ability to talk to a wide range of people. I don't know if you see me out at a at a social event for law school, but I'm definitely not scared to talk to people. No,
0: you're definitely and, a social butterfly.
1: <laughs> and you know, I think I think those things can definitely uh, be proponents to success.
0: No, yeah, definitely everything you just mentioned. I could see how that would especially the deadline thing let's talk about yeah. it because <laughs> yeah. law school is just deadlines like everything is due especially you're taking legal writing that's like
1: yeah so those. i just had to turn in a brief
0: oh my gosh you guys turned in your briefs already
1: wait um we like our, our draft we had oh to turn in the draft.
0: i was like i definitely remember turning ours in in april they no yeah what? Mm. Mm, 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 How's that process? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How's Keep that process that. going for you is that Man. so in terms of in terms of
1: deadlines while I have learned them and I, I try to abide by those rules if my deadline's 9 pm I'm turn, I'm su- making my submission at 859 like Feeling. there's no way. I, I can't finish early and just walk away from it. And I'm really obsessive about things like that. And whether or not that's healthy is a different, uh, you know, that's a different conversation. But, you know, I'm going to take that time and I'm going to try to do the best that I can do. And, yeah, that's a, that's what my draft looked like pretty much. So I was, uh, it was due, it was due this past Sunday. So, yeah, I was locked in. I might have had to miss uh, miss an online virtual game night. But, uh, you know, it's just something I had to do. So,
0: I'm the same way. I feel like that's just lost. Like every, It's a, just a giant gathering of people who have these qualities. I feel like me, even if I do finish something early, technically, like even with journal, if I finish a round early, um, I know that, you know, no. Like, it's finished, but I'm going <laughs> to still look at it like seven more times before I email my round two to tell them, oh, it's on the stack. Because that's just what's going to be important when we're attorneys is that attention to detail, that being meticulous. Yeah. So... No, I'm definitely right there with you. I'm pretty sure I turned in my final draft of my brief, my appellate brief at, like, 11.56, 59 or something crazy like that. just oh, you said that's what I'm about to be doing? That's that's what I did. I mean, I didn't turn it in at 11.59 because I have this big fear of my Wi-Fi, like, saying F you. So I give myself enough yeah. time so that... If it doesn't upload, I still can, like, run to another computer and, like, turn it in. But, yeah, definitely feel that. So, um, before all of this, where were you currently working? What were you doing? Are you working from home right now? What's what's going on with that? Um, Before all
1: of this. So, law school, you mean?
0: No, sir. Us um, um, <laughs> being, like, well, I don't know what you're doing, but I haven't left my house in, like, four days uh, except for, like, walking outside. So, like, before oh, so, all this.
1: So, um man okay so before all of this um i was uh, i i was writing a weekly column for gaming today but um at the time of at the time of our recording this you know the the strips shut down
0: shut no down
1: it's it's crazy i i think um if i'm not mistaken this is something we haven't seen since jfk was assassinated
0: literally Prior
1: to that, I think um, I think things of you know gaming operations have been running since 1931, um, if I'm not mistaken. And if you haven't learned anything, learn that you need to go fact check me right now. I said 1931. Um, it could be a different year, but I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna rock with that. I believe it's 1931. But anyway, with everything shut down, there's nothing for me to write about right now. So we're on a brief little hiatus. Uh, we do a. We do a paper publication weekly, but we're going to switch to online for the time being for at least, you know, at least the next two, three weeks. So I was doing that, but with this downtime, it has given me time to work on the feature component of my section or of my assignment because I typically write on gaming promotions and, um, you know, with with no gaming, I'm not able to do that. So with my feature assignment, I'm able to have a little more um, autonomy with things that I wanna cover and write about. And some of the things I'm gonna be writing about are different venues opening up in Nevada. So, you know, we're gonna have Allegiant Stadium open up this year. We're gonna have the MSG sphere open up next year. So, you know, I'll I'll have the opportunity to write about those things. And I'm just gonna use my downtime, you know, reaching out to contacts and just setting up stuff in the future. So, you know, when everything does, uh, you know, does blow over, you know, we're able to pick up where we left off and be productive
0: oh man yeah you know it's funny like it wasn't the first thing i thought of but definitely after they shut the strip down and i was thinking about us preparing for this interview i was like what is sebastian going to do what is he going to write about there's no more strip like the strip literally just shut down so i feel like now that The ship is shut down, though. Like, do you think online gaming is going to, like, have a new boom during this whole coronavirus thing, Uh, COVID-19?
1: I mean, I think uh, I think there's going to be more demand for it, for sure. I mean, you definitely have uh, you have people who are addicted to gambling and they need to, you know, get their fix somehow or, you know, they need to be able to to pander to that somehow. Um, I'm not. I'm I'm not fully aware of what kind of legal restrictions we have in state in terms of online gaming. I know I know betting through apps like FanDuel. I I'm, I'm I don't believe that's allowed here. I believe our gaming commission and our state legislatures kind of done away with that, so we can have more business to our local gaming industry. But um, just nationally, domestically. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're going to you're gonna see uh, a little bit of a spike, a little bit of an uptick when it comes to that, I believe.
0: I feel like it's going to be a lot of it because yeah. <laughs> people love that. And I just feel like at this point, are there laws? It just feels crazy. Like, this feels like this, right. you know what I'm saying? Like, unprecedented, never before. It feels like a movie to me personally. But yeah, so, you know, when we could leave our homes you had a lot of different things that you were juggling i mean you are in law school you were a little league coach volu- i feel like you volunteered in the community i saw you at um the justice the fellows thing justice douglas is that what it yeah yeah, yeah sorry
1: pre-law fellowship yeah the pre-law fellowship,
0: yeah. yeah, fellowship you're volunteering with that um contributing writer for gaming today so tell us about that how did you balance all of that like i just got tired reading it to be honest
1: Man, so I'll uh, I'll give you a little update on on Challenger Little League. So I am a coach of Challenger Little League, as you've uh, as you talked about. And what I love about Challenger is it's a it's a subdivision of the official Little League baseball that we know in America, but it's for students who have ah uh, physical and cognitive developmental disabilities. So you know, generally, this population they're not going to be able to have the opportunity to play on their team at school because. You know, physically, they're just not capable of doing it. But this league gives them an opportunity to participate in the play and to get active and learn some of those lessons that you get from sports. Um, some of those life lessons that are that are invaluable. So um, I'm really passionate about that. Under Little League direction, though, we're not supposed to start the season until that second week of May, until about the first second week of May. So right now, internally as an organization, we're trying to figure out, or locally as an organization. We're, uh, we're tampering with the start date in September. So we're trying to figure that out, you know, one day at a time, um, just bringing some really good minds to the table. And we will figure out a solution. But there's that. You mentioned the pre-law program, which is something I'm very passionate about because it's targeting a population of students from a lower socioeconomic group. And we're, the goal of it is to expose those students to, to the area of law. Because as you alluded to a little bit earlier, there's not that many of us in in law schools. You know, albeit black are brown. Man, listen,
0: I think even once you graduate the law school, I think black people make up like four percent of attorneys nationally. Y'all can fact check that too, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. I don't know. I think it's something like I think we
1: have nine, and I I think we have like nine black males at um at our law school right now. Nine? Where are they
0: at? No, I'm kidding.
1: (laughs) I'm just kidding. Right. I mean, like, you know, I'm in the library, so. like. No, yeah, definitely. So, you know, whether I'm not I'm not going to say I won't go as far to say like that's right or wrong. But what I will say is I think you can ask, you know, why? Why is it that way? Um, Why is it that number a little bit higher? So I think this is a program that, you know, can kind of tweak those numbers and add more numbers, um, you know, to our demographic at school. and you know, we need, we need this population because they deal with problems that maybe some of our privileged classmates don't have to deal with. And so they've never been forced to look at things a certain way. And so when you can get different perspectives in a room, that's when you're going to have the strongest room, in my opinion. And because of that, I think you can have a stronger field of law. So I'm passionate about that. That's something I do there's another program at school called uh, the UNLV Upward Bound Math and Science Center, and they work with the same um, marginalized demographic at the high school level. And what they do is they hold Saturday academies weekly. So they'll bus in students from around Clark County School District to learn about different um, Different STEM subjects, and it's also a college prep course. So I'll go in periodically and help them. You know, even if even if you're not going to go practice law, you know, just go and try to pursue college education if you can. So that's something I, I'm I'm passionate about and I love doing. Um, I try to stay active in school. We do have a bill writing competition that is currently postponed, but me and my colleague, we made it to the semifinals.
0: Okay, now. So yeah, What's your yeah, topic? So- you don't have to give me like a full blown. Not, explanation not, yeah. but like 10 words or less if you can
1: um <laughs> in california they passed sb 206 and that allows college athletes to get paid off their name image and likeness something that they're not currently able to do the ncaa said they will approve that and that will be for states to decide so we're trying to implement the nevada version of that and i know that was uh way more than 10 words but yeah that's a <laughs> that's a gist
0: no i mean that's I was, that was being so I was just kidding, but no, um, that, that's really cool. I didn't know, see, I'm learning stuff already. I didn't know that they left it to states to decide. That's really interesting, but it makes sense, you know, um, with what I've learned in common law, even though. That doesn't. So, work.
1: Y- Oh yeah. We got, we got some 10th amendment things going on there, but I think, uh, what's, what's awesome about that is on both sides of the aisle there, there's positive thinking points. So if you're, you know, somebody who's a more liberal thinker, I think you can look at it from the lens of, okay, this is a human rights issue. You know, why aren't these, why aren't these young athletes, these young adults able to get paid off of their own name? And if you look at it from a more conservative, fiscally responsible uh, lens, if that's how you want to characterize it, you know, why aren't you letting these young individuals, why aren't you letting these students test out the free market for themselves and see, what they're really worth so you know at the end of the day whether it's dollars or human rights i think this is uh this is an issue that that affects people it affects americans so yeah i think uh you know i'm excited about what we got going on
0: yes that is that is really important i've always wondered that like i mean you know and then you're gonna have the naysayers who say well they get paid to go to school that should be enough and it's not In my personal opinion, I don't know. People can have their own opinions about it. This is not a podcast where I try to appease everyone. That's just how I feel about it. So, wow. First of all, let's take a moment because I'm learning stuff about you that I didn't even know or I would have put it in the introduction. But you are involved in so many, you know, important causes, especially for black and brown youth or underserved communities So let's just, you know, I don't have a clap sound. I said I was going to find one by this episode, but I didn't.
1: Yeah, you don't don't got to clap clap for for me. (laughs) I I, I appreciate you. You don't have to clap for me, but I I will say this. I do do all these things, not necessarily, you know, for recognition. I could care less about that. But one of the things that really motivates me is understanding where we came from as Black people, Um, you know, our, our family. Our family, our, our ancestors, they didn't have the opportunities that we had um, there or that we have. They died for us to have this, these opportunities, they, they protested, it. they did all these things so we can have these opportunities. And the last thing I would want to do is to to see all that sacrifice go in vain. So every day it's, it, it's a blessing. It's a gift that we have. It's all perspective. You can wake up and think like, oh man, like it's five o'clock. I, in the morning it's early i got to do this i got to do that or you can wake up with like oh man it's five o'clock and i'm thankful or i'm i'm, I'm fortunate enough to have to have another day on this earth and so yeah if you just if you adjust your attitude with some gratitude and and try to think about the people that came before you i mean it, it it feels like all the things that you know all the time that i have to commit is not really that big of a deal
0: yes we love a good attitude of gratitude If y'all know on Instagram, I do gratitude days where we express our gratitude for things. So make sure every day I do gratitude every day. But, you know, I do gratitude days to give my followers that time to reflect. (laughs) But yeah, no, totally the perfect mindset to have. And I know you don't do things for recognition. I can just tell when, you know, anyone who's around you, I feel personally can tell that you genuinely just care about these things. And that's just really refreshing, you know, especially I'm not gonna say there are people in law school who do things just to have the title, but I'm not gonna not say that either. So it's really- I'll
1: say it, I'll say it. There's plenty of people that do it just for the title.
0: So he said it, not me. But you know, it's really refreshing to be around people who have that passion. And I think that's something that stands out. You know what I'm saying? It separates the real from the fake. And you know who is genuine and who is just like, okay, whatever, you know what I'm saying? So I definitely appreciate that about you.
1: I appreciate that. Thank
0: you. So, you know, this year has been insane. You know, can we agree on that? You know, between. I concur. (laughs) Between uh, the late Kobe Bryant passing away and Miss Corona showing her ass. (laughs) Um,
1: Grown out here. wilding. Right.
0: Um, What has been your focus so far? You know with all this craziness prior to this chaos, like what have you been focusing on in 2020? Did you learn anything in 2019 that you're trying to hammer in on this year? Tell me about that.
1: I think every day, like I'm learning something new and I try to apply that different mindset every day. Uh, you mentioned Kobe, that's uh, somebody I grew up on. You know, a, a lot of people my generation grew up on.
0: Listen, I wanted to be the female Kobe so bad when I used to play basketball.
1: And, you know, for, for good reasons, for good reasons. Cause the guy had just the work ethic that, 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 that people, that people can dream of, but what's and uh, I'll take a moment to talk about Kobe really quick. The thing about Kobe that I think made him so relatable to people that inspired people, you know, such as, such as you and I is, is the work ethic. And that's something that you can control. And I'm, I'm, as an, a, Objective, subjective basketball observer. Kobe necessarily wasn't the best physical athlete. Like he was a great athlete by all means, but he wasn't necessarily the best at any one thing. But the thing that he was the best at was his work ethic. Period. Um, and because of that, he was able to grow exponentially as a basketball player and as a professional. And you know that's something we can control. And you know I think that's important to to keep you know, within the presence of your mind is you have the ability to control if you want to work harder or if you want to, you know, cut some corners that that's all on you. But I think the overarching thing about Cove is that, you know, none of this is promised. None of this is promised. So, you know, every day, don't don't take it for granted. Don't don't think that just because you're here today, you know, you're going to be around tomorrow because everything can be gone. And, you know, that's a really humbling and and sobering lesson as well. So, you know, I, I'm trying to maintain that thought process. It's something I think I've always acquired or it's something I think I've always had. But, um, you know, remind, tragic reminders like that just make it that, more, that much more relevant, at least in my life. So that, that's a huge thing. And also just being present in moments. I would say that's probably been the biggest hallmark of the past few years of my life. Um, you know, the older we get, the more we realize how fast time is really flying. And if you're not gonna be present now, I mean, before you know it, you're gonna look down the road and be like, man, I, uh, I could have got so much more out of that particular moment. So being present is, is key.
0: Yeah, I feel that that's definitely been a big key in a lot of people I've talked to this year is just that realization that we're not invincible. We're all gonna go at some point or people we love are all gonna go at some point. So just, you know, taking that, Actually sitting within, letting it be a reality. Cause me, I'm someone who kind of struggles with like the concept of death. I'm not even gonna lie. Like sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, like one day I'm actually going to die. That's crazy to me. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like ha- sitting with that, and you know, instead of letting it, you know, be a source of fear, letting it be a source of motivation to just yeah. have that work ethic. Do leave everything you got everywhere you go. Do everything. Like me, I'm very big. I'm not half assing anything. So you know what i'm saying just making sure to do that because tomorrow isn't promised and you want people to remember like if people don't remember anything about me i want them to remember that i had a killer work ethic i was dependable if i told you i was going to do something it was going to get done whatever that looked like if it looked like me going to bed at four in the morning that's just what it's going to be woman of my word so i definitely think that's important and also being present now we're learning more than ever that it's so important to be in the moments when you're there, because you never know when your last moment with someone is going to be. And it's like, were you having dinner with them and checking your phone every two seconds? Or were you actually engaging in conversation? Me, when I go out, I put my phone in my purse. Like, I like to be there with people. If I invite you out, I'm not going to sit there and be on my phone the entire time, because those are moments that you can't get back. And it's like, your memory is better. When you are fully present with people and spending that time with them or even with yourself, you know, I definitely think having a stay in the house has served as a reminder to me to be present and be intentional about every activity that I'm doing. So right now, I'm recording this episode. So no, I don't have my phone because I need to focus on the episode. You know what I'm saying?
1: You know what? And I know we're talking about being present, but I do want to go in the past really, really quick. Go ahead. Um, I was so excited about doing this podcast that a couple weeks ago, like I had plans like, okay, you know, I'm going to get like a nice little bottle of wine. We're going to sip on the wine, have a good conversation. And now because of social distancing, we're not doing that. But I will, I will be sure to send you a bottle of wine for this. I appreciate it. No, um,
0: no, no. You do not have to do that. I appreciate you.
1: Man, you know, I was I was excited. I'm like, OK, this is going to be a nice little podcast. Yeah.
0: No. Yeah, I was super excited, too. And I was like, OK, cool. Um, I got to make sure I do X, Y and Z. And then all this happened. And I was like, all right, Sebastian, we're going to have to do it via clean feed. Um, and
1: see, and, and you and you made it work and you made it work.
0: Adaptability. That's
1: yep.
0: I wrote my whole. Um, what is that called when you have to write to get into school?
1: Well, see, now we we already forgot what it is. Personal statement. Uh, There you go. Personal statement.
0: My whole personal statement was about adaptability. Like, I wasn't going to do the whole, you know, I don't knock people who do this. I think it is important to realize that people come from different experiences. And some of those experiences are sad, but or, you know, straight tragic. But when I was going into law school, I kind of had this thing where I refused to write about any tragic thing that happened to me. Because I feel like sometimes, you know what I'm saying? I don't know how to put it into words, but I just didn't want to do that. So I wrote about, you know, being adaptable and how that's kind of always let me succeed anywhere I go is that I do have this adaptable nature about me. You can put me anywhere and I might be uncomfortable, but within like five, 10 minutes, I'm just going to thrive because that's just who I am. So yeah, I don't know why I started talking about (laughs) that. sometimes i just go on little tangents on here but no i appreciate you you don't have to send me wine mainly because last night we did this whole virtual wine wednesday and i cannot find my wine opener and i'm kind of freaking out about it oh oh i'm like i'm not gonna survive
1: (laughs) So you under the force detox, you can't even choose.
0: No, I'm going to find it. It's just a matter of me finding it and actually dedicating time to it. The last place I remember having it was in L.A. when we went for Bolsa's regional retreat or regional convention. So I'm going to look through all those bags because I had many bags on that trip. And then if not, we're just going to tear them apart. I need a spring clean anyways, so we're going to make it work.
1: There we go. (laughs) But
0: I appreciate you. So... You know, we're locked in. (laughs) Well, you should be. Stay your asses at home unless you have to leave. If you have the privilege to and you don't have to work, you know, shout out to the healthcare workers. We appreciate you. But since we are having all this time and, you know, you're you're having that downtime. Is there anything you're currently binge watching, reading, any other hobbies that maybe before law school came and disrupted your life? You had that now you kind of put to the back burner that you're bringing back. Tell me about that.
1: You said disruptive or take over my life? Um, I
0: mean, same <laughs> difference. I mean, pretty disruptive to me. I try not to let it take over my life, but that definitely is more of a 2L thing that you figure out. So I'm pretty um, sure. Yeah, I'm sure it's taking over your life as a 1L. Yeah, I'm not. You'll get it, though. You'll sounds get it. Nice. Though. Sounds,
1: sounds nice. Sounds <laughs> nice. Um, what I will say is I, I, don't, I don't watch much like TV or Netflix in the first place as it is. Um, same. For the reasons right and i i have a my attention span can like you know be my enemy at times but there is something on netflix called explained and what explained is are it's like a 20 minute on average episode of of something of something of interest
0: oh i've heard Um, about this show
1: man I, i i i strongly strongly recommend it because uh they're short so i mean before you go to bed at night you know you know before you have to wake up for school this is something really easy to digest because it's only 20 minutes. So last night, oddly enough, they came out with their second season around October, November of 2019. So fairly recently. And one of the episodes was on the next pandemic. And man, all of that stuff hit home because that is what we're going through right now. Interesting. And it's like very interesting. It's like, man, they, they called it. So I mean, that was very timely. So yeah, I'm going through all the explained
0: <laughs> right now.
1: And uh, I'm, I'm a big music head, so I've been able to catch up on some albums. Um, I took a run. I took a run this morning. Wait, wait, wait. What are you
0: listening to, though?
1: I'm a, I'm a big Selection fan, so I don't know if you've heard of Selection Radio, but um, Selection Radio is is a big part of my life. It's changed my life in, in many senses, in many ways. So I'm catching up on old selections, on old episodes that I've missed. Uh, I took a run this morning and, you know, I try to go deep in the bag when it comes to uh, when it comes to rap albums. And so I was listening to uh, a few different Public Enemy albums. It's been a minute since I've listened to some Public Enemy. Okay. So, you know, just really just trying to catch up with music. Um, And, you know, as we were talking earlier, you know, when I'm cooking, if I'm not listening to a podcast, you know, I'm just trying to listen to something new. And um, yeah, music, music is definitely a big, big part of my life. Because uh, and I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, when when it comes to music, a lot of us, or at least me, like I'll have you know a habit of listening to things like repetitively or like constantly listening to the same things. And when you listen to music or the same music, you develop certain thought patterns. And when you're listening to the same music over and over again, you're stuck in those like those thought patterns. So it's important to listen to something new. So you could, you know, develop new ways of thinking, new trains of thoughts and, you know, just be be progressive mentally.
0: Well, that's really interesting. I never thought of it yeah. that way. I definitely am someone who can <laughs> ask anyone who's ever lived with me. I'm one of those people who, if I really like a song, I will play that shit from like 12 p.m. to 12 a.m. Like, Oh, I, because I, it's so good. <laughs> the song is so good. Like, I will play it until I literally get sick of it. Sometimes it never happens and then I just find a new song to play like that. Um, so I never thought of that, but I do think it's very important to diversify your musical interests. If you're not Mm -hmm. one of those people, me, I love everything. I used to say, oh, I love everything, but country. And it's like, now I even have like, you know, I've examined that and I'm like, okay, let's listen to some country. And I would say I'm more of a pop country type of person. Like, you know, the stuff they play on the radio, but you know, I've expanded that to where. Now, I can't say, oh, I like everything but country. It's like, oh, I like everything. I prefer R&B personally, but I do listen to some country. I try to listen to everything, except now it's like, except heavy metal, just because I have sensitive ears, and they be doing a lot over there. But <laughs>
1: So so if, if, uh, if Lil Nas X comes out with the heavy metal, you're not going to pass them that?
0: Oh, I'm going to listen to it, but it's not going to be something I have in <laughs> constant rotation. Like You know what I'm saying? like I'll listen to anything, but it's like... When it comes to what I actually enjoy, those are the things that get a constant rotation as opposed to like, oh, yeah, I listened to that project and it, it was cool, but it wasn't all that. I used to listen to heavy metal when I was in middle school, um, Screamo even, which, whew, let's yeah, middle school me was very interesting. Actually, that might have been yeah. early high school
1: me. Yeah, I mean, you could put, like, Linkin Park in that genre. <laughs> um, like, no, fringe.
0: definitely. No? Oh. no, that's like, that's like, no, that's like rock. I, I mean, know. like, okay. screamo, screamo, like crazy. It's okay. cool. I it was different. Okay. <laughs> but no, that's really important. Um, what type of podcast do you like to listen to? I mean, obviously, Handle Your Scandal. But besides that, <laughs> what are you listening what? to?
1: right um
0: give me a good one because i'm actually trying to switch up my library because it's very as you said we like to listen to the same types of things so my library is a lot of like um black women podcast um with a few exceptions um things that are guilt guilt excuse me geared toward like self-improvement or mental health so i'm trying to diversify my playlist um subscriptions so what are you listening to
1: I i'm gonna i'm gonna give you two Ah, uh, the first one being Hidden Brain, and Hidden Brains is an NPR production. And the premise of of Hidden Brain is they take different topics and they try to figure out how that correlates with your brain function. So a, a recent one that I've listened to had to deal with health, and it had to deal with just you know who your healthcare provider is, and are you getting you know are you getting the best health information. And there's a huge disparity in terms of the the racial demographics in doctors and
0: mm-hmm. the,
1: the the episode wasn't suggesting that doctors will explicitly give out, you know, a, a lesser degree of health care based off of somebody who doesn't look like them. But implicitly, like you just hmm. have biases, <laughs> you have biases that are, you know, factored into your brain. For example, like I'm paraphrasing with my personal example, but if I were to say go to a white doctor, we're gonna have we're gonna come from different backgrounds. We'll have different experiences. He might not necessarily understand or um, be able to fully comprehend or, or just have the maybe the empathy that uh, a doctor from a shared experience might have. And that that's just uh, right. an example. So that's um that was a recent episode that I listened to, and you know, hidden brain. Oh, another interesting thing I heard from Hidden Brain recently was the idea of, of if if you're commenting on a social post like if you're on Twitter, we talked about Twitter earlier, if you're on Twitter, you're going to say something, and one group's going to get outraged, and then there's another group that's going to be outraged for a completely different reason based off of what you said they're going to be mad at the group who's outraged, and then you'll have another group who's going to be outraged because you're outraged about what somebody else thought so I think a lot of times, you know, through social media, we have the feeling of wanting to be heard and we'll voice that displeasure through, you know, a post. And there's a, there's a a sensory, there's a sensory part in our brain that elicits pleasure. Like we get, we get a good positive reaction when we comment on these posts. But in reality, what are we really doing? And the answer is nothing just by commenting on a post. So a lot of interesting brain stuff. The second one I would uh, I would refer you to is a podcast called Earn Your Leisure, and E Y L Earn Your Leisure. It's I mean think about like if you had two um, uncles, two like New York uncles from like Brooklyn, just talking about uh, talking about ways where you can really you know benefit and come up financially through doing different things. And an example of that is there's an episode i was listening to that they brought in a guy by the name of the wall street trapper and long story short hmm. the wall street the wall street trapper he is a stock guru he is a market analyst stock guru he's from Holly Grove, new orleans like you know the same hood uh we're the Lil Wayne. The same area same area little Wayne. and anyway he, um, he got sent to prison on a federal charge for about 11 years. Oh, damn. He came out. He wasn't. He didn't know how to read going into jail. And he came out as the fully functioning reader and ultimately, like, a, just a stock analyst, a stock genius. And he turned his bad situation into something that's really positive. And um, you can find that episode on Earn Your Leisure. So, yeah, I'd suggest that, too.
0: I appreciate that. Um, definitely. Yeah good to listen to different things as you said having different perspectives are yeah it's very important part of being an adult being a a member of society yeah so i'm gonna definitely listen to that so i can get off of my um self-help slash i also am really into true crime and paranormal activity podcasts those are really interesting to me too so maybe i need to switch it up now that There's so much time. There's just so much time that we have that we didn't have before. Like on my most recent solo episode I was talking about how you never realize how much time you spend just getting to places that you need to go. Does that make sense?
1: Oh yeah, the commute. Oh yeah. Takes so much time.
0: Like I'm like, Oh my goodness, I have all this time now that I didn't have because one I haven't left my house, but it's like I'm still like if like once school starts or well now, if you're listening to this, school has started. But you know I just turn on my computer and I'm in class. I don't have to go from the journal room to class to the library. It's like even that amount of time, you know, it all adds up. So it's just crazy to me how much time we've had. But, you know, Sebastian, I could literally talk about everything with you forever. You have such great insight. But I feel like (laughs) this is going to be the longest episode I've probably had. Oh, wow. So tell us. Cut some stuff out. Nope, it's all gonna stay. I mean, what do people have better to do <laughs> oh, man. Good point. To So um, you know all those different things you mentioned earlier, when you were doing all of those different things when we were able to you know go about our normal lives, how did you handle your scandal aka, how did you balance that busy life of yours?
1: I mean, just going back to the mama mentality, you gotta you gotta get it done. Um, this is this is something I've wanted to do. This is something that I pursued. I put in a lot of work to get to this point. And now is not the time to, you know, you, you mentioned you hate going half-ass. You know, I'm a believer that, you know, if you half-ass things, you're going to have a half-ass life. So like, Exactly. It's, it's, you know, you, I, see, we don't got enough time to have a half-ass life. So, you know, we only get one of these things. And at the end of the day, like, you know, there's times where I could be exhausted. I'm thinking about, uh, well, I got to get up the next day and do it all over again. But this is this is exactly where I wanted to be. And, you know, I just tell myself, like, hey, I have a moment. I have the choice to seize it or I have the choice to, you know, just to to squander it. And, you know, I refuse to do the latter. So this is it. Like, let's get it. We only got one life. And that might sound kind of like tough or maybe maybe a little callous, but that's uh that that helps me handle it to be honest
0: no you gotta be you have to keep those things in the back of your mind you know what i'm saying like yeah that's what's gonna motivate you is i always say there's this quote i saw and ever since then it stuck with me especially during these times in law school as i continuously sign up for more commitments more things to do i have um my best friend's brother-in-law he's an attorney and he asked her he's like why is Mara starting a podcast as if she's not busy enough with all her other things? (laughs) And I was just like, you know what? I can't, here's my thing. Here's the quote that I'm living by currently in law school and probably for the rest of my life. I can't complain about my plate being full when my goal was to eat. Ah, I like that. Yeah. So that's just kind of, I think that's basically what you said as well, just in different words. Like, you know, you knew what you were signing up for. Your goals have been your goals, and now you are in the position where you're doing them. You're making that your reality. You are checking them off one by one, hopefully, or maybe two by two, depending on how how your life is going. So I think that's very important, listeners, to always have that thing in the back of your head that you keep in your mind to handle your scandal, to make it so that you can do what you need to do. Yeah, Mara, I know we
1: started, uh, we started the podcast talking about food. And now that we're nearing the end, I think it's only right to have it come full circle and to make another food reference. But I think, <laughs> uh, you know, like you, you want your plate to be full. And I also believe that, you know, life is a life is a full course buffet. You know, you have you have the options and you can eat as much as you want if you choose to. You can have different things if you choose to. Um, if you come to Las Vegas, people are going to be serving, uh, looks like people are going to be serving you from the, from the buffet from now on, but, um, <laughs> you still have options. You can still eat as much as you want. And, you know, it's up to you, you know, what, what are you, what are you going to put on your plate? Are you just going to put, you know, a little bit, are you going to have the, the full array of nutrients and, you know, balanced out with some of the good stuff, you know, what do you want? And, you know, I, I would just encourage everybody to, to, you know keep
0: their plate full exactly and that was the perfect way to wrap up this episode because i am actually really hungry <laughs> so i do need uh, to go hey, eat I feel you. <laughs> but no thank you so much sebastian I for coming you. on the podcast you thank you have dropped so many good things for our listeners y'all better have been taking notes if you didn't you know what just pause it right now, rewind, go back, start it over, because there are just so many good things that my friend Sebastian told us. So with that being said, Sebastian, thank you so much for coming on the episode. Period. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> um, listeners, y'all have a good rest of your day and make sure to handle your scandal.